and founder at Makwe Fund Managers, and that is Makwe Masilela. Except, Rur, what's AJ? Sweet, no, how's that, my outie? Ah, no, sweet, it, my brother. Makwe, I want us to uh, maybe kick things off. I think, um, you know, with this oil price uh, issue and I guess the uh, price increase of petrol and diesel that we expect overnight, um, I guess uh, it was anticipated that uh, as the world economy opens up, uh, Brent crude oil prices will recover. And of course, I guess if you add the exchange rate, there's another price that drives uh, what we pay at the pumps. Um, 95, 95 cents per litre up petrol and uh, 65 cents per litre for diesel. Have you gone to fill up? Mm, not really. It doesn't help out, you know. You only fill up, you only save a couple of hundred for that week or so, you know. How much do you want to save? <laughs> Sustainable savings. Okay. Sustainable. okay. All right. All right, Makwe. Uh, yeah, Makwe doesn't need Makwe doesn't need that extra hundred. But uh, but what do you make of the price trajectory just of um, Brent crude oil Makwe, and uh, also I guess uh, where our exchange rate has been, and what clues that might have for where price uh, uh, prices of fuel might be in the near future? Not looking okay, you know. Remember. Prices have been going up now. Today they were up almost 3% at the back of economic recovery. We've seen positive economic data coming out, whether it's job mm. numbers, whether it's your PMI numbers. But all it says is the economies open up as the vaccine rollouts continue to be successful. Then ultimately economies will open. And more importantly, the minute you start getting all these airlines starting now to fly, because sure, it will sure. as well will have a huge impact on this whole thing, then yeah. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of I mean, oil prices going up. And remember, OPEC itself, at some point, they've been cutting production. But mm. as for May, they'll start increasing as well. So it's not also not helping. So now the question is, global economies, the minute they start opening up, then yes, demand will be there. And then with all this infrastructure, stimulus packages, stuff like that, chances are we'll get in a situation where economies are growing and demand mm. of oil will go up. Our only uh, help here should be the likes of the rent. We just hope that the rent probably continues to strengthen, then at least that will lessen the blow. Sure, sure, sure. No, definitely, Makwe. But uh, let's shift away, I guess, from the world of fuel and uh, the prices that certainly have a knock-on impact on all of the things we pay for in the economy. And uh, go to the coal sector now. I guess a big part of much of what we're going to talk about, Makwe, this evening uh, has a lot to do with uh, the provision of electricity and I guess what happens in that value chain. Let's start off, um, you know, with ESCOM. Now, they have a supply chain issue here with Oracle. Uh, and I understand Oracle gives them certain technological tools to monitor energy availability factors, to monitor prepaid, uh, you know, purchases and all manner of other things. And it seems now there's a dispute about what's due to Oracle. And that disputing that we don't owe you that much, and yes, Oracle managed to get a go-ahead from the courts that they can mm. cut that contract, which is supposed to expire next year. But we hope ESCOM they've got a case, because it will be very embarrassing for them coming out as hard as they're coming out, or to find that Oracle they've got a point, because we cannot afford these kind of mistakes coming from the likes of ESCOM already. They owe us more than mm. or just under 500 billion, you know, so we don't need this kind of thing. And we hope and pray, and we are on their side, that they don't owe them that seven billion, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. It should come because anyway, we don't have that kind of money. And should that be the case, it will still come back to me and you as consumers. Because as we've mm. seen now, 
the guys are have to increase the tariffs to make up for whatever that they couldn't make up. So we just hope and pray that it's not the case. I don't think a lot of people will be too happy or to find mm. that Oracle is right and the guys were just trying to put an unnecessary noise saying that they don't owe them that kind of money. And it will be very irresponsible. Whoever will be responsible for that, they deserve to be fired. You know, when I hear ESCOM going to court, I get very scared, Markwe. Um, because, I mean, I don't think the entity can afford any cost order. Uh, so I get, I get very, very, very scared. But let's maybe shift attention away from that particular story to, um, you know, one of these uh, coal supply contracts, which have certainly been at the center of um, much of the discussions of uh, the instances of state capture that have happened at ESCOM. Talk to us, Mark, about uh, what's happening here. You know, I guess many of our listeners would be familiar with the South 32 uh, mm-hmm. or the Seriti acquisition of South 32's Ifale to mine, and, uh, which supplies the Duba power station at ESCOM. Uh, but effectively, a lot of people have been saying this is very similar to the state mm-hmm. capture uh, and what we saw with Optimum Coal and the Guptas, and many people saying Mike Dek and his team here at Seriti are effectively going in here, buying an asset and hoping that they'll change their supply agreement, which is currently loss-making, to maybe a supply agreement that's breaking even. What do you make of how Seriti has responded here? Bro, it's very worrisome. You know, we know Bramike being a very good business person, but, you know, uh, he's making some important points, but I think he's also missing some other important points. Mm. What do you think he's missing? does not mean that if a business is lost making people cannot buy it you can buy a mm. business which is lost making and turn it around mm. that's number mm. one number two you don't buy a business with the intention that they have to change the supply agreement because even if even the seller cannot guarantee you that because they've been buying it from south 32 that is now will it that will get that thing to be changed and i think south 32 they've done what they can do within their power remember to help them to cross that finishing line the guys are prepared to put and forfeit some advance payments so that they see that this deal goes through and the only issue here will continue to be the supply agreement that has to be signed and i think that is why maybe people are starting to like to to compare it with what happened with the issues of the cater that you got a client co with the kind of supply agreement they were not making money you get a, a mm. new buyer then you change it so it's, it's more or less you know not exactly the same but more or less you know it reminds us of what happened with together and i think if the condition was Seriti saying to them, so Seriti, I will buy you on condition I'm able to renegotiate all this with the National Treasury or ESCOM. So it becomes a, con- a condition precedent. Mm. Then it's something else, not the other way around. And being Mike, knowing what he's doing, being around for quite some time, South 32 being a company as reputable as they are, I think they need to re-look into this because they cannot force ESCOM. Mm. And I don't even like that attitude to say, yes, go on competitive bid, we'll see who can win. Yeah, You've got a mine there, which effectively ESCOM contributed to building. You've got a low-cost conveyor from that mine very close to your power station. Sure. What is the likelihood that Makwe Masilela coming in from Guam Shang is going to get that contract? I mean, really. Uh, you know, I, I think that's just a red herring. I mean, I think... Yeah, just, no, you know, it's, it's, it's worrisome. Mustafti, Sanjay. Uh, no, that's not right. But hey, we hope sanity will prevail. 
we cannot afford this kind of unnecessary noise. This is mm. supposed to be one of those good deals that is going to create a major black supplier. So we hope yeah. they iron out their things in a very civil way, and this whole thing happens, but not at the expense of taxpayers, not at the expense of ESCOM consumers as well. Mm. Are you talking about taxpayers and ESCOM consumers, you and me, uh, households, firms, and everybody else? Uh, yeah, it seems the city of Joburg, Mark, where? Uh, is set to increase their tariffs here. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know thoughts on this, Mark. I mean, um, this idea, and maybe let's maybe take a step back. I was today years old. I, I mean, I only found out today, Mark, that in the tariff structure of the city of Joburg, you effectively had postpaid customers subsidizing the prepaid customers, largely due, I guess, to the cost structure of the provision of electricity. I don't know. Now, now, effectively, I think the city is trying to reverse that particular trend. What, what's happening here? The intentions of the city, I think, they're clear. They're pure. And I think most of us... Ah, they're pure. Oh, they're pure. They pure, bro. They have. We cannot <laughs> subsidize. No one is allowed to subsidize the other. Postpaid cannot subsidize prepaid. Just like the other way. Prepaid cannot subsidize postpaid. That is to be leveled down. <gasps> it's not fair. And remember, and... I also realize that now, remember, if people take that serious and take issues with city, that, listen, Mr. City Power, I'm no longer going to be paying X amount because there's no way I'll subsidize this other guys. This other guys also have to contribute to the operations as I'm mm. contributing, as a postpaid. But maybe here is the manner how you introduce that, 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 that increase. Because most often than not, people are not don't have issues with an increase of something. The question is, how do you do that, the approach? Don't try to put it through back door stuff like that, you know? And maybe you don't have to do it within three years. Maybe spread it out to four, four and a half years, stuff like that. But can, I, can you please just communicate it clearly with your customers? Because it's a mm. strong case to say, guys, these other guys cannot be continuing to subsidize you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, Michael, let's talk about the knock-on impact of this. Um, we're seeing in some categories of households, uh, people are going to see a 44% rise in their tariff in total. We're also seeing what implications this might potentially have on small businesses that aren't necessarily large power users or LPUs, uh, which uh, certainly per kilowatt hour have a much better tariff than maybe some of those who don't use electricity as much. Um, what is this going to mean? I mean, in a place like Johannesburg, where you certainly have, have a busting sort of uh, micro, small, and medium-sized enterprise sector. You know, cost of living is just too high. William Tata said it, guys. You didn't listen to him. And it's 20 years back, you know. So all it does, it means the cost of living goes high because... Hey. Almost everything that we do is got that input of electricity. As a business owner, then your input cost goes up, and now you'll have to find a way to pass it over to your consumers. But to get to a point where consumers are struggling themselves, then you find it very difficult as a business owner to pass all those increases to the consumer. Then you just have to absorb them yourself as Mr. Small Business Owner, and then your margin starts going down. And then when it comes to your creditors, you also have issues ultimately you'll end up either going out of business or you'll just at least break even if you are lucky because almost everything has that component of electricity that we do but hey yeah. if economies are not doing okay if consumers are struggling you cannot easily pass that over to consumers under normal circumstances you'll say oh okay 
40% increase, I will increase my prices as well, you know, to mm. make sure that I make a But hey, things are just sort of, but it's not nice. And I think government just, well, that's when they have to come in and try to help this whole situation. Well, I'm not saying this must not be done, but maybe this is not the right time to do your 40%. Maybe this is the right time maybe to do your 10, 15%. And mm. over a period of time, try to face it in. And also more important, please communicate with us in a proper way. We are very civil. It's not like sure. we just visit anything. But the problem here becomes communication. Makwe, mm. I guess the other potential unintended consequence of this is that it effectively changes the type of customer profile that the city oh, yeah. power in this case would have. Because if you're thinking about affluent communities like a Parkhurst, for instance, you might have a situation where the community decides we're going to invest in renewable energy, we're going to effectively wean ourselves off of the grid. And then you end up having a, you know, a, a client book for COJ or for City Power that effectively is skewed towards many of those who are either indigent users or many of those who, I guess, have a very, some seeming difficulty in being able to pay. I'm talking about working class, lower middle class communities as well. It's going to be an ESCOM issue that those customers who could afford to pay you, they'll end up being off the grid. Then you'll be mm. left with the likes of us. There is a challenge. And unfortunately as well, you also start in, uh, encouraging, you know, not you knowing the indirect or illegal connections because people mm. will be creative to try to do this kind of thing. And we know it's not safe for people to be creative with that. But you are right. That point is very important. As they keep on increasing, you know, the tariffs, then people who can afford will go off the grid. Remember, it's no longer a question of affordability because now lately, even some of the banks that are starting to finance you when mm. you want to do something. Reliability, Baba. Exactly. So Oof. it's going to be a problem. But hey, let's hope they'll find another way and then maybe this time they'll also not win this third time mm. and then maybe they'll find another way to try to recoup that kind of money. But yes, it has to be balanced. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I guess a lot of this happens in the context of uh, debates around revenue mobilization at uh, city and at a municipal level. Um, and many people complaining for many years that a lot of the tariffs levied on households and businesses uh, yeah. have not been cost reflective. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's also those big questions finding ourselves as we do in local government election year. But tell me. How do you do that as a government? City power is government. Eh? Local mm. government is government. You as a government, your economy is not doing okay because you as government, you didn't do the right things on time, the structural reforms yes, to make sure. sure that this economy is growing. You as a government, you didn't help but us. But you are the first to increase tariffs, yeah. But here you are, you want to operate as if things are normal and you want to level up things. This is not the time for you to be thinking about I leveling mean, up things. I mean, like really? Marco, let's go talk about something else where I feel like really, which is our vaccination program. Marco, you have to explain something to me. In big pharmaceuticals, can a pharmaceutical company like Pfizer come to the South African government and say, look, we want to sign this agreement, but we think Kabazela must be a signatory. We think the president must be a signatory. And we also think that, and of course, the, all of this is speculation because we certainly haven't seen these agreements, which is another issue. I mean, should there be secrecy when government money is being used to buy vaccines that are going to be used on people? Uh, but I've heard there's also a clause that says uh, effectively Pfizer would be indemnified from any 
you know, mm. court processes or prosecutions that are linked to any adverse outcomes from them yes. giving us this vaccine. What kind of risk sharing is that? And more importantly, why is this a secret if public money is being used to buy these vaccines? <laughs> it's about time that we accept that money talks. FIFA made you to sign whatever they want to <laughs> You know, so it doesn't start with the pharmaceutical companies. We are desperate. We need those kind of vaccines. And we are seeing those people as our lifeline. So hence, they will come with whatever conditions that suits them. They will come with anything that protects them. Listen, if you are not prepared to sign the South Africa, they don't mind to lose you as a client. There are other people who are on the line who are looking for that vaccine. And remember, we are rushing because we want to try as, to get as much as you can on time. So it's not a question of getting a vaccine, but it's a question of getting a vaccine on time. So hence, these guys, they're not just price setters, they're hey. bulldozers as well. You know, yeah. which, is, which, is, which is not right, you know. Uh, but unfortunately, hey, we are, it's not it's supposed to. So this is a supposite, but the reality is people will call whatever shots as long as they see that you are desperate, you need them more than they need you. And hey, it's one of those, uh, I think it's a harsh reality that you have to live with. But yes, generally, I think the government owe it to us. It's my money, your money. They need to Mm. tell us how much that is. We need to see those kind of contracts to see what is it that they were made to sign. It's our money, and maybe government... Because think about it, I mean, Marco, even if you forego your right to litigation, this is effectively the government on all of our behalf saying, no, 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 we'll indemnify you from this thing. Largely based on on our desperation. That's desperation. That's desperation at the best. And hence, other people who hate capitalism are issues like this. That, hey, shareholders, people who investors don't care, they just want to make their money. That's it. Is it listed? Maybe you need to buy that stock. Nah, nah. I don't, what do those people, as I'm going to say, America, uh, what is it, Reddit? Who are those, those Reddit groups, kids? <laughs> yeah. No, Chief. No, no, no. I don't play the stock markets. I play the real economy. Makwe, I guess if there's any lesson for us as the South African public from yeah. this particular episode, and we can talk about J&J, I think that's, that's something people know. But especially from this episode, uh, just as we end off, is that it's quite clear that um, you know when things like this happen, it shows the opportunity cost of not investing in R&D, not yes. investing in a national system of innovation. Yes. And effectively, for our purposes, the systemic challenges around BioVac as a public-private institute that ideally should have had the capability to develop these vaccines so that we're not standing there begging bowl in hand and being told that uh, so-and-so must sign rather than so-and-so. And actually, if there's any downside risk, you carry all of that risk. But we'll have to leave it there, Makwe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just leaves a sad and a very bad taste in the mouth, I must say. True that. Shab shabrur. That there's Makwe Masilera, Chief Investment Officer. And-